Join AIA's Clay Hall as he interviews guests who will share their successes and sometimes challenges that we can all learn from. We don't just dip our toes into the most important issues in the promotional products industry. We cannonball into them to help entrepreneurs grow and succeed in this ever-changing promotional products industry. Welcome to On Air with AIA. I'm Clay Hall, the host, and I'm here today with my friend, uh, Sarah Spratt, who is the owner of Third Power Promotions in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Clay. Yeah, great to see you again. I know, gosh, the Detroit area has been really impacted with everything that's happening. So I'm glad that you've, uh, you know, you and your family have stayed healthy and 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 doing okay there. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, but before I do that, I just have to give you some props. I just watched your video on LinkedIn about the marketing mix, and I love it, love it, love it. So good, you know, good props to you for doing that. It was awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's just uh, one of those things where you have an idea and you, you just go for it instead of yeah. uh, second guessing yourself all the time. So thank yeah, you. Fantastic. Yeah. So to, you know, um, for people that are, that are listening to this, tell me a little bit about how, how did you get into the promotional products business to begin? Because this isn't something I think we sit at home as little kids going, hey, I want to sell promotional products. That's always the story that I tell people. You never dream when you're when you're you know graduating from high school, but that's going to be what you do. I um, really loved business. My dad was a business person, and um, and I liked watching what what he did growing up. And um, I knew kind of that was what I wanted to do. So I did go to school um, for college in my college years for management and marketing. And um, I was really hooked into that. Um, I didn't have a car. I was a broke student, so I had to do a co-op for sales. And because I didn't have a car, I got a, uh, a little paying job at the student newspaper selling display advertisements um, for the student newspaper and eventually became the ad manager and then eventually went to work for Gannett um, out in Colorado and then back in Lansing when we moved back to Michigan, uh, my husband and I. So advertising has always been in my blood. I've always loved advertising and marketing. Even from when I was a small little kid, I remember being impacted by it. And I can, in great detail, you know, explain advertisements that I saw and things like that. Um, love it. So how I got into it was my father-in-law, Harry Hawkins, and I were on a vacation on a beautiful tropical island. And he said, you know, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And I'd love to have someone come and helped me run the business. And um, at the time I was selling for Gannett in Lansing, working a lot of hours, wanted to have babies and uh, knew that I didn't want to be on that stress track, raising my children and my family and, and creating that whole new life. So that's how I got into it. So I was in the advertising industry, but not uh, directly in promo. So I learned about promo at that point as it being a viable okay. business. Didn't know. And a lot of people will tell you that they didn't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. There's all these different routes to get, get in our industry. But so you mentioned Harry, and I know the last couple of times that we've you know, uh, met and talked together, um, you know, you, you've talked about Harry and the impact he had and, and really like the mentor that he became for you. Um, and I know he was a, you know, really uh, big in the industry, particularly in, in Michigan. Um, you know, we've talked about that. So tell me, um, tell me a little bit about it, because one, one of the things that you mentioned the last time we talked was how passionate he was 
for helping the little guys. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, Harry started out um, selling promotional products when he was five years old. And how he got into it was back in uh, the Depression era, um, his dad owned a promotional products company actually prior to the Depression era in the 1920s, the first promotional products company here in Ann Arbor. And he ran that business successfully with 30 uh, people, uh, Mr. Hawkins. And, um, and that's how they did it back in those days was they actually imprinted the products themselves with hot hot foil stamp, um, wow. old school, you know, setting type, like really setting type and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um, there's still that machine back in this building um, where it, it's very dusty, but it's still back there, the old type setting machine. But um, when he was five years old, his dad misprinted some pencils and he went door to door during the depression and sold pencils. And um, eventually through the years, um, he served in the Korean war and then he, uh, he uh, went to work for his dad after the Korean War, came back and uh, went to college, got his, uh, got his undergrad at University of Michigan and his bath, uh, master's degree there as well, and then went into business with his dad. Um, in 1978, he ended up uh, getting out of it and moving to his own company. And um, so that, that's the Harry track. Um, Harry, uh, Harry's passion for helping the little guy he has as many success stories with helping the little guys as he got burned by helping the little guys. But the good, the good stories about loaning people, you know, a thousand dollars here, five, five thousand dollars there. That was kind of his MO. And uh, he just passed away on May 29th from natural causes of just being 90 year old man, you know, his body wore out on him. But uh there was many stories that came out after he died that were like, if it wasn't for Harry, dot, dot, dot. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, the funny thing about, about Harry was that, you know, he always had a pen in his pocket. Um, cheesy imprints, like old school, but people loved them. Um, and I think it was the element of surprise of not expecting anything from this man. So, uh, but, but that's, Harry, Harry was a great influence on me. He was incredible, actually, both personally and professionally. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, he, and you've talked about that, right, about how he's influenced your business and, and your life. And, and one of the things you mentioned, too, is about education. Um, and, I, and I see, you know, people that aren't listening at home can't, you know, see this, but you've got a PPAI calendar up behind you. And uh, I know that you, you mentioned to me that you got your MAS because of Harry's influence. So tell me about, like, what did education mean to him? It was so funny. When I met him, boy, I looked at his office and it, it actually looks, you know, a lot like a lot of promo people, including myself, where there's just samples all over the place and catalogs and, and just stuff everywhere. And, you know, um, he used to take me to these, like, I remember back in the day, this is so long, like when I was a freshie, he used to take me to these little education events. And, and back, back then, you know, we'd get all dressed up and wear our business attire, like real business attire, like suits and pumps and nylons and all that. And <laughs> we'd go to these education sessions and Maple Ridge Farm is the one that really sticks out to me where they used to do, uh, they used to do an education afternoon and, and uh, but then there were others, you know, always at the Dallas show when PPAI did their show in Dallas, you know, we always went to education, came in the day before, sat and learned. And I really did learn 
a lot about the industry um, at that point from those education sessions. And then Harry was kind of the, the implementer of how it worked. He taught me, you know, about pad printing versus silk screening versus hot stamp and all of those nuances and details that would kill you if you didn't know it in our industry and how they work. So that education piece um, expanded my, my mind as well as my um, friend base. I learned, I, I met a lot of people by going to those, to those shows and to those uh, education. So yes, I have um, earned my MAS quite a while back with PPAI. Um, and I'm really quite proud of that because I feel like, you know, they they say it's uh, one or 2% of the people in our industry um, have that designation. It's probably more now since um, PPAI has been so great about extending the the value of getting that designation. Um, you know, the CEU credits, Harry probably didn't even know this, but the CEU credits are an accreditation that happen, you know, throughout industries, certification processes, not just, not just our industry. So right. it means something more than just, you know, Hey, I went to, I went to a bunch of education classes and, you know, right. I, I followed a track yep. and, uh, and they had segments and um, it's kind of a real deal thing. So, yeah. Yeah, but he, he was helpful in that way of educating me and then just educating me on all this other stuff that you need to know. And it's a lot. Yeah, it, it is. You know, and now one thing that you, you talked about is, um, you know, when we got together before is how you feel like resiliency is so important. Um, and and it, it sounded like that some of that was coming from Harry, but it sounded like a little bit of a, it was coming from you too. So tell me a little bit about resiliency and what does that mean to you? Yeah, resiliency is a big thing for, for us survivors in any industry where we're in sales, right? Um, Harry's resiliency, I think, came from, you know, living through a lot of, if you think about being born in 1929, he was raised during the Great Depression, and then that ended, uh, you know, ended in World War II, and then uh, he was just shy. He was part of that generation that didn't serve in World War II, but then right on the heels of World War II, he served and was a leader um, in, uh, in the Korean War and um, became a very successful businessman. Um, and then, you know, he lived through <laughs> the downturn of the 80s, the beginning of the 80s, the downturn, you know, of 2008. And then this this most recent um, pandemic, he was at his last. But yeah, he has resiliency, and and I think you know, learning from him that life goes on, and that you know, it may be a smaller size um, in your business, but um, to take that time to kind of for me now, I'm transferring to me to take that time where there may be a pause in your business to to actually um, reflect on what needs to change as far as your base of who you sell to potentially and then how you want to extend yourself out to the to the community that you're trying to serve um so the resiliency for me has has um, definitely been profound over the summer and really productive um i've taken a hard look at who i sell to and um frankly do i want to still have those relationships with that type of business and 
you know, maybe expand into other areas. And I think, you know, that overused word of pivoting is, is, is kind of a, a, a definition of resiliency, right? Just sure. showing yourself in a different way um, to your clients. Yeah, well, and I, I, I do know, and you've worked with, um, you know, through AIA, you know, you, you won um, the opportunity to work with, a, um, with Jay Bissell through, on LinkedIn. And, I, and what I've noticed as I've watched um, what's happened with your LinkedIn profile and your content, you have really upped your game, like all the way in. And I, I mentioned at the top about the, you know, the, the, the last post about cooking and media mix and marketing mix and all that stuff. But you've had others and you've really, really upped your game. So tell me um, what the, what's that journey been like for you as you, you know, cause you're, you've done a lot of self-reflection it sounds like as well and, and reflecting on the business. So what's, how, how, how's that played a role? I feel like I've been in a university all summer. I have joined some groups that I've learned a lot of different ways of approaching things that I haven't done um, recently and professionally in development. And um, this is outside of the group that I am in, you know, as far as the AIA family. Um, I appreciate your compliments about about um, the LinkedIn uh and that actually transfers into that resiliency and reflection on who I want to serve. Um, I did some deep dive into who I feel my ideal client avatar is. And we're going to talk about that. Amy and I are going to talk about that in our session um, at the conference that we're doing for AIA early in the, in the week. And then later we're going to be um, on a panel, the people who won that beautiful prize of being able to be coached by Jay. So um, I am now speaking to my ideal, uh, my ideal client avatar, and it gives me a lot of clarity on um, the messaging that I'm, I'm sending out to my community, as well as my existing clients. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of how helpful I can be to that group with information that I share with them that they might not be thinking of because they're frozen in time with their job security, uh, where they're going with, with virtual events, if they're going to a virtual events, how are they going to do that? Um, those sorts of things that I think we're all kind of trying to learn how to make that um, that education happened for ourselves so that we can extend that to our clients. And um, for me personally, that's been a, a very big focus. I'm dealing in futures right now on that. I um, feel like uh, that's something that is not going away once um, this pandemic does. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But the, the LinkedIn extension is kind of putting myself, I was talking to Jay about this this morning, you know, um, we have to kind of remember that advertising is um, kind of, it stacks on itself. And you have to keep reaching out to your clients in different ways to create that mix and, and that media mix. And, you know, when I was in college back in the day, you know, the media mix was formulated in a very different way than it is now. You know, direct mail was more impactful. Um you know, uh, social media obviously wasn't even remotely, you know, cold calling with an actual telephone. Um, you know, it's just a very um, different radio, television, you know, were just kind of shots in the dark. And it could be compared to social media in that way, too. 
if you don't have a focus on who your your, your client, your ideal client is. Well, and I think you, you kind of hit on it there, right? You've had a chance to kind of, you know, think about that and, and it is different today and people have changed too. And yes, the pandemic is still affecting all of our lives. We're all learning things too, right? Inbound customers are learning, oh, well, maybe we don't need to do the big show and we could do it a different way. Or maybe we can engage our, our inbound customers where they are differently. And I think our um, responsibility is to help them do that, right? And, and, and show them how they can and think about promotional products as still part of that mix. Because um, they're certainly going to get, um, you know, and we see all the studies all the time from both PPAI and from ASI. There's, you know, the, the impressions and the, the lasting impressions are much greater than most, most other um, forms of media. I, I agree. And I think right now, right where we are, if we're sitting in the present moment, um, if you get a gift from someone that's thinking about you during COVID times, it has more of an impact than the um, intake pollution that we have as humans just in general. Um, I would say a year ago, if I got, a, a, if I received a gift from one of my suppliers, I don't think it would mean as much as if I did today. So because I know that things are hard for the suppliers. I know that they're struggling. Um, and, you know, so I think that especially right now, um, this this sort of a shout out, and it, it is a little bit more difficult to get to those clients because they aren't always sitting in their office and that address that we have on file for them is not their home address, of course. You know, so there's some shifts and, and calibrations that need to happen for that. but. But I do think that, um, like Harry always had some sort of a promotional product, I, I can tell you, you know, he always, he would give the security guards in the airport a pen and they'd look at him like, are you freaking nuts, dude? You know, it, it just, uh, you know, or little kids in, in really beautiful places like Belize, you know, he'd give them a little University of Michigan pin, no recollection of, of um, or idea of what that even meant. Sure. little kids don't know that and but but the the surprise and delight and the oh i wasn't expecting that um that sort of emotion is what we bring to the table that just completely and i know we know this we all know this in the industry but um i think right now more than ever it's it's just one of the most impactful um, medias and Harry always knew that because he always had something on him to give. Um, when I was up in his office looking for something, even since he's passed in May, you know, I just see all these pens with his name and and uh, <laughs> the script bot style, like the just the choice that the old school choice that he made for the imprints would be nothing I would ever choose. But guess what? The recipient doesn't care. They like the pen, they like the pin, they like the whatever, you know? So the sure. calendar, that was another thing that he always, I saw his stack of calendars from this year. Unfortunately, he got he got too far gone to give them away much this year. So there's a big stack of, of calendars, um, still giving away wall calendars, you know? Wow, <laughs> right. that's awesome. Okay, so before I let you go, Sarah, um, so number one, thank you for sharing that the, your stories about Harry and, and your journey in the industry. But uh, where can people find you um, after they listen to this? Well, I'm active on LinkedIn. 
Um, yeah. That would be a good place. Uh, I am loving the idea that LinkedIn is more of a business um, B2B type of a correspondence than Facebook. Um, and then, of course, our web, my website is um, thirdpowerpromo.com. Um, and my contact information is on that site as well, if you need Perfect. to reach me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sarah, hey, thank you so much uh, for your time today. It's great seeing you again. Glad you're healthy. And uh, here's to a stronger end of the year. I think, you know, we're dealing in futures and I think it's coming. So I'm optimistic. Right on. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to On Air with AIA. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and visit AIACommunity.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. Until next time, be boldly you. Hi, it's Clay Hall, host of On Air with AIA. We're celebrating International Podcast Day on our social media accounts with exclusive content and we'll give away a pair of JBL wireless headphones. You can enter to win by commenting on the post with your favorite episode of On Air with AIA or by rating us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks and good luck.